0: Welcome back to The Winkly, the first one of the week. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, and I am joined here today on Tuesday by the man who is not usually here on Tuesdays, but we're happy to have him nonetheless. It's Justin LaBar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly.
1: What has your Tuesday done for you lately?
0: Ugh, man, recovery. I was at Raw last night uh, in Chicago, and uh, I don't know, how. How? what did you think of Raw last night, like, as a fan watching from home? What did you make of it?
1: Uh, It did not feel like we were three weeks off from WrestleMania.
0: That's how it felt to me inside of it, too, buddy. It felt a little weird. You know, I had a great time. You know, I went with my buddy EJ from Second City and, uh, you know, we had a couple cocktails. You know, you're in that environment. You're yelling, you're screaming. But, man, you know, and and we'll get to, you know, some other news and stuff here uh, coming out of the show. But, you know, I felt bad because, like, you know, you were in Pittsburgh last week when Kurt Angle wrestled Apollo Crews. and, And did that feel like a big fun thing for you guys there? Not really. Okay, because they it did not feel like a big fun thing when Chad Gable wrestled him last night. The crowd was just I felt bad because like you know, that well, at, f- least, you know? At, least,
1: at least at least you got a matchup that's kind of like you know I mean I know people have regularly said that uh, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan you know they they kind of like they're like the second coming of of like you know Hall and Benjamin and and obviously Gable's relationship with Jason Jordan even though that storyline is pretty much all but gone. I mean, so at least you got a fresh matchup. I mean, the, the Apollo Crews, it was really kind of like, eh, really? This is the best we're going to do here?
0: Man, and, th- and I think that maybe hurt it more because when Chad Gable came out, literally, my buddy EJ, who was with me, was, like, freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is oh, – I've been waiting for this match. Oh, my God, I've been been—I've been wanting to see these two wrestle. And then they got in there, and it was a lot of, you know, mat stuff, long choke holds, rest holds. You know, it didn't really live up to what I think a lot of people were expecting from uh, Chad Gable versus Kurt Angle. I mean, they, they soured on that. Um, I mean, they're not supposed to like Ronda at this point, but people really didn't like Ronda or Brock. Roman wasn't there. I mean, it just wasn't. I mean, but the Batista segment—ugh! People were crapping all over that thing. You know, it was just a lot of weirdness last
1: night. But at the same point, I'd ask, you know, other than I guess like Becky Lynch, um, maybe Dean Ambrose. So I know he appeared after yeah. TV stopped. I mean. Who is Chicago going to like? You know what I mean? <laughs> <Just to laughs> Good be question.
0: Well, and it's weird, too, because, like, even Drew McIntyre came out, and everyone was like, yeah, oh, wait, boo. You know, they're, like, confused. They don't really know. They were Like, there's some people they want to like, but they're bad guys, you know? And it's just, you know, there's a, a stilted kind of reaction, I feel like, from a lot of the fans at the moment.
1: No disrespect to you and the other uh, Chicago Chicago wrestling fans, but um, I, I sometimes think Chicago wrestling fans get too caught up in their own gimmick of being like, I mean, look, they're they can be a loud crowd. Obviously, you know, you know, the all in was success. I mean, look, Chicago has got a great history. I'm not going to take that away, but sometimes I think Chicago fans, maybe even the New York fans, the Philly fans, they get too caught up. And the fact of thinking that they are the star and they get, they, that they, they work themselves and I think they overthink and work themselves as I'll touch on here a little
0: bit. you know and, and I think that could go both ways because like when I'm, I've been to Chicago shows man and you know when the Chicago fans are invested and they like what they're seeing and you know they're engaged by it, man, you, you couldn't have a better crowd. but yeah, I mean if you go out there and you give them a kind of like a bunch of a mixed bag of, of fluff and like I said, you know you know characters where you're kind of gray area, are you are supposed to like them, not like them, you don't really know. You know, I, I think it was the, the crowd, the, the fans this last night, they just were buying into it. You know, um, I, I, I think that, you know, like you said, you sitting at home, you're like, this doesn't feel like I'm three weeks out from WrestleMania. The expectations were kind of there for something more. And, you know, I'm, no Vince, no nothing, you know, it was just straightforward.
1: Yeah, no McMahon family. I mean, yeah, again, that and that, that that is part of the, the hype notes is, oh, it's Raw. We're three weeks from Met Mania and they're in Chicago, you know, so that kind of like, you know, it's. Yeah, that has a little more weight to it than you know. We're in you know Des Moines, Iowa. So like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, yeah. It, just, it was just kind of lackluster. The pacing of it, the, there was nothing, you know. And I, and I, and I, and I'll be honest, I didn't start watching until the second hour. I played catch up, fast forwarding through commercials and such in the first hour, um, um, you know. But then by the time I picked it up live halfway through, and I'm watching live and having to go through the pace with everybody in real time, I was just like, man, this is not feel. There was, I mean. There wasn't much that I had to watch to actually find out about that I didn't already know. Man,
0: know? no, just... not... Yeah. And, like, the thing is, the show started hot with Seth beating down Brock with that chair. And everyone was like, okay, I'm there. You know? But then by hour two, you're watching No Way Jose, who, like, hasn't really even had a match. Like, now he's out there, um, you know, trying to do his best impression of Naomi or whatever he's doing with the hair right now. I mean, it, it you know, it was... <laughs> people I, people just were like what like literally just like what what is going on
1: right now around
0: me you know so
1: it's kind of a <laughs> it, it really is a fork in the road because we know that we're going to have a superstar shakeup after mania a couple weeks after mania and it's like on the one hand you're like man raw really needs a shakeup," and on the other hand you're like "Well, smackdown's fine let's not touch smackdown <laughs> so SmackDown is like, good you know what do we?" You know, what, what do we...
0: um i will <laughs> say people people still freaked out about ricochet ricochet very popular still with the live crowd so I, you know, I, you know, there were there were some highlights, but overall, yeah, I, I felt like the crowd was a little underwhelmed last night. Um, but anyway, we'll get to more talk about RAW, what happened at RAW, other news before we get into the news, news you can use. Uh, I wanted to start the show off by wishing congratulations to Bullet Bar, Bo- Bullet Barb, Bullet Bob Armstrong, uh, who wrestled what is apparently his retirement match this past weekend. Uh, he had his son Road Dog uh, bring him out to the ring. Uh, I just wanted to put this at the top. The Armstrong family has really produced uh, a, a swarth of, of great wrestlers over the years. Obviously, Road Dogg has risen to a, a position of some prominence backstage at WWE. Uh, but what a career. Obviously, leaving a great legacy with all of his kids. Uh, anything you'd like to say about uh, Bullet Bob's uh, retirement this past weekend, Justin?
1: Uh, it's amazing the guy you know kept appearing at shows in the ring for as long as he has. Um, I met him. Met him at least once, I believe, in Georgia, down in Jordan. I think actually it was the week that he was going in the Hall of Fame by, back in um, 2011. I think it was a nice guy. And again, you know that that family is um, that family is uh, you know they don't that, that family doesn't get talked about like the same way the Hart family does or um, you, know, the, 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 you know the 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 different uh, the different branches on the Samoan tree. But that that's a pretty impressive uh, family and what they've done in Pro
0: Absolutely. Uh, and uh, with that, we're going to have some interviews here today as well. After we do all of the news chatty chat, talky talk here in just a second. Um, very happy to be welcoming back to the show today, Court Bauer, MLW founder uh, and promoter. Uh, court Bauer will be here later in the show talking all about MLW and the, the general world of pro wrestling. Also, after Court, we're going to have Daga on the show here today, uh, a luchador. Uh, Daga sat down with me to talk about uh, representing Team Lucha Underground against Team Impact and... Uh, at Impact Wrestling United, we stand on April 4th, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, we talk about the future of Lucha Underground. We talk about him growing up friends with the Lucha Brothers, Penta and Phoenix. So great chats. I know you guys are going to love them. Kurt Bauer and Daga here later in the show. But let's get to it here. News you can news. News that leave a bruise. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, changes we've had to the WrestleMania 35 card here in the past five days. Uh, since we were talking Raw, I will start with that. Kurt Angle is going to face Baron Corbin in his retirement match at WrestleMania. And, Justin, people are very unhappy about this. Like, Jim Ross is unhappy about this. uh, You know, I read Matt Riddle this morning. He was like, I'm going to go to McDonald's and eat away my sadness after hearing the news of Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle. Just general, are you as unhappy with everyone else that Baron Corbin is going to get this retirement match with Kurt Angle?
1: Well, I'm unhappy, but I'm supposed to be unhappy, and I don't believe it's actually going to happen. That's what right. I mean I think I think we are I think everybody is is taking the bait here. Uh, I mean look, let us take a look at the facts here. They did this big buildup of Ker- Kurt Angle's gonna uh find out who his farewell opponent's gonna be. So everybody's speculating. John Cena, Undertaker, who could it be? Um Kurt even comes out, even even notes that it's underwhelming. He goes on Instagram and 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 now posts the match graphic, uh, WrestleMania match graphic of he and Baron Corbin and again notes. I know this is kind of an underwhelming, but I'm still gonna make him tap out. No performer ever acknowledged and then they, they acknowledge it on commentary. Baron Corbin playing off of what I'm pretty sure was We Want Cena chance in Chicago, which let's just give a testament of how good of a heel Baron Corbin is if he can get Chicago to chant We Want Cena. This is the idea. This is the same guy, Baron Corbin, who did the, the McMahon's, you know, remove from power in order to look like uh in order to 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 be baby faces back in the start of the year to give people what they want. So this, to me, just screams we're gonna, you know, Baron Corbin is gonna be announced as the opponent. We'll milk it for a week or two, maybe even all the way up to the to the to the week of, and then uh here comes Vince due to fan or, or whichever one of the McMahon's who due to fan displeasure, we're gonna give you we're gonna give you a better opponent, and then here comes Johnson. It makes us appreciate that much more the opponent they are gonna give us, and if the match of Kurt Angle isn't Kurt Angle of 2003-2004, because it's just he's just not Kurt Angle of 2003-2004, we give it a pass because we're just thankful that we're seeing him versus, I'm still saying as John Cena, rather than him versus Baron Corbin, we'll automatically be appreciative. People won't be crapping on it. People won't be trying to boo. It, it'll just be, that's what this is to me. I, so everybody's getting all up in arms. You're supposed to get up in arms. I, that's the idea here. I, I don't believe for a second that this is going to be the only match I mean, if if Kurt Angle, maybe they, maybe they try to drag this all the way to Mania Sunday, just like they did Cena and Taker last year. Maybe Corbin comes out, we have Angle versus Corbin, Angle makes quick work of Corbin or something, and then we get you know cue the music of Big Name and that's the real match. I, something, but this this is not going to be the only match that Kurt Angle had. This is not going to be the farewell match.
0: I don't know, man. I'm I'm interested. I'm surprised to hear you say that. I think they go through with it. I don't think this is going to be one of those things where they'd, they'd pull Baron out of it. I think, I think that the company realizes Baron Corbin is maybe their hottest heel right now, right? I mean, people are going to be upset. I mean, this guy's going to get booed out of the building at WrestleMania versus Kurt Angle. And quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if he beat Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. I mean, the nuclear heat this guy is getting to take it up even a, a further notch. I mean, there's so many guys you can pair Baron Corbin with that you would want to watch take this guy down. I think that this is a conscious choice here to just pair Kurt with the hottest heel they have. And, and you know, everybody says Kurt should be putting over a younger talent, getting somebody, you know, over to the next level on his way out, getting Baron Corbin to that next level as a, a super hot nuclear, hot heel. I, I don't know. Part of me thinks that's the route they're going here with Baron Corbin and Kurt angle.
1: Well, I will say that formula is the formula that I do often that I, you know, I've said on this show that I, I very much often believe in is sometimes, you know, if you have this equity in a career like Kurt Angle's, you know, let him, let him, you know, pass this, 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 the stock on to somebody who's got more of their future ahead of them. So Baron Corbin would certainly fall into that category far more than but a forty-something-year-old uh, John Cena. The, the other thing here, Joe, Justin, is Baron Corbin is not a bad wrestler. He's not. No, no, believe, look, look, I no, go not. to my Twitter, ti- go to my Twitter timeline. I spent Monday night, to, you know, I, 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 I said that I, I tweeted that exact statement I just made a minute ago, which is, you know, yeah, you know, th- that, that shows you how good of a heel Baron Corbin is. If he can get Chicago to chant, we want Cena and, and all these people, you know, I said, you know, this is a, this is a lost art form to be this good of a heel. It's just not, you don't find this as often anymore. And I got all the typical X-Pac key, go away. He is a difference. And, and it's no, you dumb idiots. If you want somebody to go away. You don't make any noise. If you want something to go away, you get up and go get your popcorn and beer and use the bath. But the fact that you know his music, you know his wardrobe that you hate, you know all of that, you are reacting. That is heat. Stop overanalyzing. You're not that freaking smart. You have made yourself think that you're this smart because you can use terms like heat and work rate. You're not that smart. If you're reacting and you don't like the guy, that's heat. That's what he's out there to do. So don't misunderstand me. I am a, I'm a supporter. I am a supporter of not liking Baron Corbin because that's the idea. I just hate entitled wrestling fans who think that they have they are smarter than what they are.
0: Yeah, amen. Right. Um. But th- but that's what I'm getting at. It's like I think Baron Corbin is going to go. I mean, if if this goes to the finish line here and they actually have the bout at WrestleMania, and you have sowed seeds of doubt into my head here about that, but if they go to WrestleMania and they have this match. I think it will be a very good match. I think there will be a lot of emotional stakes to it. And I think Baron Corbin coming out the next night on Monday Night Raw and saying, I retired Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know. I don't know. You you, you can pair him with any baby face on the roster for a very long period of time because you have a hot heel that people want to see get beat up.
1: Well, I'll, you're right. I mean, I can't argue with that. Again, that's all stuff that I kind of stamp. I mean, so, but I, I, at the moment, I still don't think it's going to happen. I still think this is just a bait and switch. Um, and I, and at the moment, I think probably whoever Kurt Angle does, whether it's Baron Corbin or somebody else, whoever, whoever Kurt Angle does have a match with at WrestleMania. I think Kurt's gonna lose because if this, if he truly is serious about this being, about him being done, that's just, that's just the old school. That's just the way you do. It. You go out, and you lose.
0: Yeah, and you know, and look, everybody's looking past Baron Corbin. Oh, they're underestimating Baron Corbin. Even Kurt, you know, thinks that this is gonna be underwhelming. And Baron Corbin goes out, puts on a dominant performance, hangs with Kurt Angle. You, I don't know that you would even need Kurt to come out and like shake his hand the next night on Raw. I don't even think you need to to go that far. I think Baron Corbin being a flippant dick. Uh, about, you know, uh, how he beat Kurt Angle the night before and everybody's looked past him and everything. I'm, I, there's a lot to that to me. I'm not against it. I, I'm with you. I like to boo Baron Corbin. I want to see how far you can push him and get more heat with that character. And that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't put the brakes on this guy. I wouldn't build him up for two weeks and say, oh, this is underwhelming. What? Why would we put Kurt Angle with him? That just That just buries him. That pushes him down the card. You know, see this thing through. You know, get the heat on this guy
1: yeah i mean he has he I, I just again i can't stand i cannot stand and this is not every fan don't but again i don't understand fans who don't like they don't want to boo they they want to like their heels and, and, and like they, they 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 want this admiration heat they want to say this guy's a really quality good heel when in fact no all it means is this guy's playing bad guy but you like all these things about him or you think that he's an underdog who's finally getting his His booking shine. You don't. I. I I don't understand why those same fans don't want to give credit to a guy who is in this era making them so passionately dislike him. It's like, did we sit around and talk about uh, what kind of heat the Iron Sheik had? Or like, I mean, what, like, what are we talking? Like, I just, what I are just we talking evolution. About?
0: Yeah, I love it. Admiration just, heat. That's my new favorite phrase by, from you, by the way. It's
1: admir- It's admiration heat. That's really what it is.
0: Well, on. Uh, we'll switch gears here a little bit. Uh, last night, also on Rob, Braun Strowman announced that Colin Jones and Michael Shea have gotten under skin. They've upset him. And he's so angry that he's going to enter the Andre the Giant Battle Royal uh smacking of sense and um yeah i i I, you know people already up in arms about you know braun always in the andre you know i i don't know i I, yes you could do more with him i mean he's going to get that big snl moment i'm sure he's going to toss some guys here in the battle royal and look very dominant but i mean yeah should we have gotten more from braun this year at wrestlemania than what we're getting
1: of course, we should have.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, this, what kind of this, a question is that, Nick?
1: <laughs> you know. what, what, what is this amateur hour? Of course, Nicholas. <laughs> I mean, look. If, if, I'm trying if to
0: play devil's advocate. Maybe you're going to give me something different. I don't know. Go
1: ahead. Uh, look, if, if this this needs to be history making, he needs to eliminate every single person. He needs to be the first person in the history, Battle Royal, in WWE, to eliminate every single freaking person. That's the only way this. I don't. Otherwise. Oh, Braun Strowman won a Battle Royal. Oh, you think the same guy who won the, the greatest Royal Rumble and who's, you know, of course, you put him in any of these situations? Like, well, surprise, surprise! I want to see him eliminate every single person and then dismantle the ring. Give me something historic like that, and then I'll say, okay, you done good with Baron Corbin. Let him go to the bar and have his his drink and dinner.
0: Several drinks because uh, he's a big man. What do you do with Jost and che, then? I mean, they're I mean, I would imagine they're going to get attacked on we can update probably the, the Saturday night before WrestleMania in New York, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let them get attacked the night before and then let them try to run in and become part of the battle Royal. And again, Braun, uh, you know, Braun just does something inhumane to them. I, I don't care.
0: Gets, uh, Col- or Colin Joes gets to do the, uh, Drew Carey spot of trying to offer Braun Strowman money to eliminate himself from the match.
1: Sure. Sure. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah. Or, or Pete Davidson shows up and, and, and decides he's going to uh, topple the monster among men. I don't know. Like and, and, and what? I don't care. I mean, let him do the SNL spot. I know it's good mainstream publicity. I am all for the mainstream publicity and stuff like that. But I but th- this is so underwhelming for Braun Strowman. This is I mean, WWE, if, if, if you if you look back at the booking of Braun Strowman, the amount of time that they have took us just to the edge and you think they're getting ready to blast off with this great this great run and they pull it back, you would think that they truly believe that men of his size, men of his athleticism and ability, and, and, and men who can pick up this business as fast as he has, with no indies, no NXT crazy run, you would think that they think men of his size just grow on trees, and they have 15 more waiting for them in, in the factory down at the PC. But I know for a fact they don't. I do not understand the, the discarded wastefulness of the massive money-making entree but, that is Braun Strowman. But
0: look, Andre the Giant drew a lot of money too, and Andre did not hold the title. That was Hulk would hold the title, right? Andre Andre was known for battle royals, you know, and occasionally you'd go out and do big, uh, big singles bouts and things like that. Obviously, but you know, this is not too different than the way Vince booked Andre. Uh,
1: I'll give you, I'll give you that, um, but that doesn't. I don't know. I, I I just don't
0: understand. Maybe but, that's the thing, oh, okay. though. Okay, you know. I don't okay,
1: agree. but they did. They okay, but they didn't. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like Braun is. I feel like Braun has been made to look far weaker and and than Andre ever did. And now maybe again, that's a different time. True. A uh, whole lot, whole lot more TV programming now. It's hard to hide these guys. It's hard to protect them for a long periods of time. I don't know. It's just. It's to me. It just seems it, To me, they it, it just the wastefulness. The is unbelievable.
0: Uh, well, it's official now. Drew McIntyre is going to take on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. No Roman Reigns last night at Raw. You know, Dean Ambrose did come out at the after the after uh, uh, as part of the dark match segment or whatever. It wasn't really a dark match. But it was part of the dark segment there. I thought Roman was going to come out, too. I was a little surprised we didn't get, like, a, a little Shield reunion uh, just for the fans to go home. No Roman there. I think that was a big letdown. I mean, I think it really brought people down to not be able to get to see Roman last night. And Drew McIntyre came out and cut that promo. Uh, talked about uh, his leukemia. I don't really know. <laughs> like, is that that, is that the thing now? Is it like now that it's in the open and he's addressed it, it's like part of the stories. Is cancer now a part of wrestling stories?
1: Well, I hope not, but I, I you know, I, am speculating here, but I wonder if the decision to not have Roman on the show was, you know, they obviously, since he's been back, they've had a good run here. I was, what it's in a couple of cities. Now, a couple of TV cities, they've had a good run, full support of Roman. Um, and I almost wonder, just because, again, we talk about the Chicago crowd and you never know, I'm almost wondering if they, if out of fear of getting uh, any kind of mixed polarizing reaction, they said, you know what, right now things are good with Roman in terms of how he's being reacted to. If we just keep him off TV, let the fans get let down, that they don't get to see him, let Drew McIntyre use the cheap shot of cancer. All it can do, you know, it's not going to hurt Roman at any. All it's going to do, if anything, is just help and rally with him. So I, I was wondering if it was a conscious decision to leave him off TV in Chicago and just build a little bit of that, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder kind of thing.
0: I was real surprised they they had Drew pick up the win, even with the Brock stuff. You know, at the end of the show and all that. I was a little surprised they had him beat Seth like that.
1: Well, no, you. I mean, I think you need him to beat Seth. I mean, I, you know, I, Seth, I agree, is, but see, look, Seth's Seth, the guy fighting Seth? Brock.
0: Drew's fighting Roman.
1: You know. Okay. Okay, but Seth kicked off the show looking looking like a beast, looking looking great. So you know, you you you, you Seth got a nice elevation last night. He got a reminder of why he's the guy who's gonna to try to slay the beast, but you need Drew McIntyre to get a win to remind you what this obstacle is of standing in front of a a, a returning uh, Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, also, in the past five days, uh, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton has become official. I believe we talked about this bout uh, a bit at length last week before it was made official, though it seemed like it was definitely going to happen. So, AJ Styles, Randy Orton. So now we got AJ Randy, Kurt Barron, Bronze in the Battle Royal, Drew Roman. Of course, you got Brock Seth, uh, the Triple Threat Women's Match. Uh, a lot of action here. You know, where's Asuka in the mix here? We got a couple updates from the Wrestling Observer here. Uh, apparently, there were plans for Lacey Evans to take on Asuka but it now looks like Asuka is going to face Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville in a triple threat match. Um, it, it uh, You know, I feel bad for Asuka. I mean, Asuka was stupid hot here. They, they had her beat, uh you know, all the, you know, they had her beat Charlotte and Becky here um, going into WrestleMania. I thought because they had something planned for her, I'm a little surprised to see that she's been lost in the cracks here.
1: Yeah, she's been lost in the cracks. And I mean, I, unfortunately, and this is, I guess, a testament to how, well ronda rousey and becky lynch have done and obviously charlotte too is whether it's oscar whether it's pick any other female other than becky or, or charlotte whoever is the other woman holding the other world title just didn't stand a chance this season <laughs> with the with all the dynamics going on in the ronda becky charlotte and the breaking kayfabe and just how hot becky is with the, i mean Unfortunately, Oscar or anybody, this this is not a this, sh- this should not be a, a poor reflection on Oscar. This is like I said, this would be no matter who was holding that that title on SmackDown. Um, there's just you know there's just too much focus on the Raw women's and rightfully so. I mean, it, it just it's it's the most captivating story, you know, arguably of all the main so.
0: Uh, yeah, and uh, on, on top of uh, that, women's action. Uh, uh, the Observer also reporting we will get the return of the women's battle royal at WrestleMania as well. Um, I'm sure everybody who's have
1: not... Bra- have Braun come in and eliminate all of them too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just chucks Ruby Riot into the rafters. Sure, why yes. not? Um, and on top of all of that, Justin. The Observer is also reporting that there are three to four matches that are still unannounced, that are not even added to this card. We are going to have, like, 20 matches this year. I mean, what has not been announced yet that is going to be compelling enough to be added to this card that we haven't who else? who else isn't I – mean, I guess we don't know what Joe's doing yet. No taker, Cena. I would think those are some of the names we got to attach to some of these matches.
1: And that – and you're not even accounting in for the segments like, okay, Elias being a musical guest and who's going to interrupt <laughs> That's them right. there. That's right. uh, we're not even accounting, you know, for – I mean – I'll make an announcement right here. I'm wearing a diaper this year to WrestleMania.
0: Good. Um, yeah. Well, I think with Elias, you know, I I always wanted The Rock to cut him off, and I, I'm hoping that maybe we get a segment like that where The Rock comes out to do his rock concert and is the one to to crash the Elias bit this year. You know,
1: I'm guessing either Rock interrupts or we hear the Undertaker's gong.
0: Yeah, I've heard a couple of people say Undertaker with this Elias thing. I just feel like there's more to get out of Taker than than just something simple like that. But we haven't seen him yet, so I guess a last-minute appearance is, is probably closer to what's in the cards. Um, I wanted to talk real fast. Yeah, Dean Ambrose did appear after Raw in front of the live crowd helping Seth Rollins uh, beat down, I believe it was Drew McIntyre. No, Baron Corbin after the show, of course, because everybody hates Baron Corbin. And uh, very surprising, I'm, I am hearing interesting things now about Dean Ambrose, Justin. I don't think he's leaving. Do tell. I just, I've, I've heard from people that you know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's leaving. You know, I, I think he's staying. I, I heard some things over the weekend from some people I trust, and I'm getting the impression I don't think this guy's going anywhere.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, uh, anything's possible. I mean, and certainly, I don't know.
0: It, it just, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought, uh, if they, this, uh, okay, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I'll put, I'll put it to this way if i mean they have a great situation here if, if they if 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 they meaning WWE office or Roman and Seth or collectively everybody has man and renee if, if everybody's convinced him like to stay and then he's getting whatever he wants in terms of okay. and i see this is the thing i totally believe the initial report of him just being unhappy creatively and wanting to move on and it's like you know vince doesn't give creative control so i don't you know so it's like it's, it's really hard to imagine okay is there and i'm not and, and, is there an amount of money that just makes him satisfied that if he has to do hokey creative storylines of which he apparently hates, but it's to say they've all convinced him to stay. They're in a great situation. They're in a great situation to work the entire wrestling world and, and, and and, 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 and milk this and make it happen. So um, it makes the next month that much more exciting. Uh, I'm still at the moment. I don't know what you heard, but I'm still at the moment. I'm just going to, if I have to put a $20 bill, one or the other, I'm going to put that he is leaving. Okay. But, it, but I mean, again, if he stays, then it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be the first time this has happened. I and mean, again, hopefully WWE utilizes and capitalizes on the fact that they've come out and publicly said the guy is leaving and they can try to, they can try to work this into some kind of a uh, I hate to use them as a reference, but it's some kind of a CM Punk esque kind of story.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is, I think it was just right place, right time. bunch of stories with AEW about oh, who's staying, who's going, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to get into some contract talk here in just a second, but I think he was the right kind of Brian Brian Pillman esque character who was like, let's think outside the box here. I want to do something different, or maybe somebody came to him with the idea, uh, or maybe maybe it started as a as a as a shoot and became a work. Right when they when they saw how successful the announcement actually was, I don't know. But I don't think this guy is leaving. I mean, he looked really comfortable last night after the show. He looked like he was having fun. He was enjoying uh, being out there with Seth. After the, the beatdown in the ring on Barron, he went to the top of the entrance ramp. And it was there was a little moment. I th- a lot of fans were leaving, and I just couldn't keep my eyes off Dean. I wanted to watch him until he got behind the curtain. He walked over to the commentary table, and he saw a couple fans, and they were all cheering him on. And he like picked up uh, Corey Graves' chair and he like held it over his head like he was gonna throw it off the the ring entrance area, and then he like laughed and he just politely set it down and like you know flippantly kind of put his hands to the fans and like waved goodbye and he walked behind the curtain and I was like that guy's having fun, like that guy's that guy if that guy's unhappy he doesn't look like he's unhappy right now that guy was out there having a good time playing with fans and uh, well he was all,
1: well he well it sounds like he's also out there just getting just to be himself and do himself he's not being out there being told to true. talk about. How he has to take a shot because he's infected by the the you know being in whatever city he's in. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, look, you're right. First off, I think if anything happened, if this started as a a shoot and turned into a work, because I go back to the very thing that I said the week this news came out, which is the first report came from the the Torch from PW Torch, and so if this was all giant work, then somebody purposely leaked it to the Torch and worked Wade Keller and his staff. I don't. I mean, I so. You know, I, I, I tend to believe this probably was – this probably had some realism to it. And, and if they've been able to weather the storm, then again, good for them, hopefully, to capitalize on it. But uh, I, I'm still not going to completely – again, I don't know what you know, and that's fine. But I, I at the moment, I'm going to still say I think he's leaving. But, hey, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'll just I'll just put it out there again. And I hate to restart the news cycle up because everybody was so comfortably on the side of he's actually leaving. But I'm I'm telling you guys, I don't – I think there is – I don't think he's leaving. I don't think he's leaving. Not after some of the things I heard this past weekend, and you know, we could talk off the air, Justin, and maybe your maybe your opinion will change on the podcast that you do. Uh, but um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think this is a given that this guy is walking out the door here. Come uh, come April, <laughs> tell
1: tell me what you know after we're done recording this podcast, and then tomorrow I might be in a different person. <laughs> I'll change my tune.
0: Yes, after talking with Nick, I am also in the camp of Dean Ambrose is probably not leaving. Raw. <laughs> nah. Uh, um, on WWE. Uh, so let's talk about contracts. Uh, AJ Styles uh, announced on Twitter he's got a new member of his family. It's a little dog. He also announced in the same tweet that he has officially re-signed with WWE. Unless he's working us, too. Everybody's working everybody. Um, so, yeah, AJ's back. Not a huge surprise. All indications last week uh, indicated that he was going to be uh, re-signing with the company. But PWInsider.com reporting uh, the club, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson are at a standstill in WWE. And uh, talks about resigning with the company. Really, an extension of the of the conversations we were having last week about the club uh, seemingly looking to get, to get out. So it does sound like they have not resigned yet. But you know, take that take that how you will. Because PW Insider also reported that Sin Cara has signed a new three year deal with WWE. Um, he they said he's been recovering from knee surgery. He's expected to return to SmackDown Live. But Sin Cara, playing off the AJ Styles tweet, posted a photo of his new dog and said, uh, "Also, I have not." resigned with WWE. You know, all, you know again, it's like this all of this sets up the perfect Dean Ambrose Smokescreen here. I mean, th- th- this is this is half the show anymore is contract updates, you know?
1: Yeah, it really is. Um yeah, I mean in terms of, you know, they're going to be good for styles, I'm sure he's being well taken care of in terms of the club. I still think they're going to leave one way or the other. I mean, they were getting paid really really well this round. This I, I contract think, and uh, I, think I, think they, I, think, I think they go back to New that? Japan.
0: I think they go back to I think they go to New Japan.
1: Yeah, well, I just I don't think they're going to be at WWE. Where, where they go, there's that there's a, that's a whole other debate. But I just think you know they got paid really well in this contract at WWE. But I think they want to you know while while they're again while they're young while they can go you know make their mark the best they can booking wise. So I think they're gone. I I don't have the first idea with Sin Cara what you know. I mean I would think WWE of course is trying to re. Well, I mean here's the thing though. It's like you know he's the person who plays the Sin Cara, Obviously he's been around in the company for a while, so he's obviously been. Reliable has had has had his fair share of injuries, but uh, you know I guess he's been around. But at the same point, Sin Cara is like doink. You can put a mask on anybody that in the general frame, general size frame, and they can be Sin Cara, and you can still make money off a Sin Cara brand. So yeah, um, you know, kind of a different situation there.
0: Yeah, Unico is the the man under the mask right now, uh, playing Sin Cara. So I would imagine, yeah, he would have to drop the gimmick and everything like that, and you know whatever. But Karistico isn't really stopped being Sin Cara. If you see Karistico on the Indies right now, he's just Sin Cara. So. Anyway, yeah. um, Wrestling Observer also, or the Wrestling Observer reporting. Uh, Jeff Jarrett is on track to becoming a one of the most influential people backstage just underneath uh, Kevin Dunn and Road Dogg. Uh, you know, they attribute this uh, quick rise to power backstage in WWE, do his charm. Uh, I know Jeff has also stayed sober. He seems to have been successfully battling demons from the past. Um, and, you know, a lot of talent respects him because they grew up watching him on TV. They know he's run his own companies. He's just somebody that people listen to. Uh, when they talk to him, I'm very happy to hear this just because Jeff has always been super good to me. I know. I think, I mean, your relationship with Jeff has always been good to the best of my knowledge, but he's just a really nice guy who's battled a lot of stuff. I'm happy to see him in the spot and hear these kinds of stories. I think this is a good, good place for him. I hope he can stay there. You know?
1: Yeah. I've always had good dealings with Jeff. We have a good, uh, every, every time we uh, speak, run into each other or text or whatever. Um, yeah, I'll say this about Jeff Jarrett. Um, Say what you want about, you know, you know, is he a mid-card guy? Should be a main event guy. You know what? Say whatever you want to say about how it's booking or is booking of himself or whatever, but you can't deny this. If there is one word that can, well, there's two words. It's, it's alliteration. It would be successful and surviving. Mm-hmm. He is, he's been successful and you can measure that by finance and by, you know, uh, longevity. And he's, been a survivor and you base that upon longevity and just overcoming the circumstances that he's been in. I mean, it's he, he is certainly the son of a guy. He is certainly the son of a, of a guy of a wrestling promoter and, and it's come up in this business because uh, he is a survivor and he is a success.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, right now we're, we're getting ready for war, right? AEW hasn't announced their TV deal or their touring schedule yet, but it's not too far off here and you're going to want guys like Jeff Jarrett and your foxhole right now uh, that know how to know how to navigate these waters. So I'm very happy to hear about this. Uh, switching gears a little bit, Sports Illustrated had a chance to talk with Roman Reigns over the weekend as well. Uh, he talked about how he wants to work more of his Joe Anawahi character, more of himself, Joe Anawahi, into his character. Um, you know, we talked about this a little bit before. I'm, I'm okay with it. I just don't want cancer to be brought up like all the time on TV. I know that, you know, obviously it's a very sensitive subject to people. It weirds me out a little bit how much it's being discussed right now. In some ways, I do want him to go back to being like a, a superhero type guy, maybe with the... A hint of more humanity to him, you
1: know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm with you in terms of I don't, you know, I don't I don't want cancer to become the, you know, just become so regularly used. Um, But at the same point, I think right now we have to give a little bit of a, we have to measure this a little bit differently. I mean, he 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 just returned legitimately from cancer, so I mean, I I get them mentioning it right now. I think if we're let's if we're three months from now, yeah, we should definitely have moved on by it. But I understand this is this is his first. Singles match, singles feud back, and the reason he's back is because he was gone dealing with something very real. So, I mean, I get, I'll give it a little bit of a pass at the moment, but yeah, if we're, if if we're building the SummerSlam and and we're and 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 his opponents saying, I hope that cancer comes back and gets you, <laughs> we'll be stepping over the line.
0: Uh, uh, PW Insider reported over the weekend. WWE has uh, reportedly signed DJ i um, I've heard about it. I thought this was known. Maybe in the back of my head, I thought this started, but I've heard for a while he's going to WWE. This didn't really surprise me. He's going to crush it there. Zima Ion is an exceptionally talented person. He's in the best shape of his life right now. Uh, he's gonna be great down there. And he's got Robbie E too. Robbie E's joining at the same time.
1: Uh, I was with DJ this past Saturday, uh, IWC Wrestling, which is where he trained and made his start and his home uh, with us here in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, he was in the main event and in the main event leading up to this match. In the event, it was billed as DJZ's final, you know, DJZ slash Shima Zion, Zima Zion, however you know him. Yeah, it was his farewell match, his last time ever at IWC Wrestling and the Core Time Sports Complex, our, our major venue we run. And so, people, you just kind of take it from there. He gave a nice little thank you speech at the end of the night. Um, and you can just take it, take that for what you will.
0: That so, is crazy yeah. that you saw him. I saw him on Friday at Warrior Wrestling. He, he uh, wrestled Sammy Guevara. So, he left Chicago hanging with me, and he went hanging with you. We, we got to watch him on his way out.
1: There was actually several guys that traveled from Chicago to us that were with you the night before.
0: Oh, yeah. Dude, that was a great show, by the way. If anybody would like to go out of their way to find Warrior Wrestling for from this past Friday night it was awesome. Brian cage took on all three of the rascals, SCU OVE main event, uh, Victoria, uh, went out and had a great match. Um, but, but, with Jordan grace, it was very good. Uh, Kylie Ray and Britt Baker, I thought put on another great match as well. So anyway, that's my hard plug for yep. warrior wrestling. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Bert, yeah. Yeah. Britt came in. And- Brick came and made her and won herself into being the first again. You know, trained with us in IWC. She won uh, her match and this is becoming the first woman to enter the super indie tournament. There you go. Uh, my my former LeBar client who turned his back on me, Wardlow. Wardlow left War, War, Warrior Wrestling to come defend his IWC World Championship. Uh, so so you, yes, it was it was a it, okay. it was a Chicago Pittsburgh connection.
0: So wait, Wardlow. I I knew this guy. Look, so you managed Wardlow?
1: Yes. I, yes, I managed I, I managed Wardlow for the first, first matches all the way up to till uh, the Turned his back on me a few
0: months ago, dude. That is a guy. I'm glad we brought up on this show, and we have some some common knowledge of because what a beast that guy is. And he beat he beat Moose. He beat Moose, and he's gonna take on uh, Brian Cage for the title at Warrior Wrestling Five.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so.
1: he, was, he was the last Lebar guy.
0: He, uh, he looks like an action figure. Some guys just look like action figures. Very big man. Um, anyway, we'll hop off that for just a second. Adam Rose announced his uh, retirement from pro wrestling over the weekend in an Instagram post uh, calling it one hell of a ride. Um, so, you know, Leo Kruger, Adam Rose, we wish you well. He had a very fun while he was wrestling. But, yes, I understand. Uh, New Japan ROH G1 Supercard. Two updates here. I only wrote one of them down. I meant to write the other. But Marty Skrull is going to get his ROH World title shot. Uh, he um, is going to be taking on, I mean, I guess Matt Taven and Jay Lethal. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch ROH 17th anniversary yet, but uh, Matt Taven and Jay Lethal uh, went to a one-hour draw. And it was just a great, really fun bout. I, watched, I sat down and watched it uh, yesterday morning, watched the whole show yesterday. Those two, that was the best Taven and Lethal have ever looked. That whole show was very, very good. And on that show, it was also announced that Jeff Cobb uh, is going to defend the ROH television title against um, Will Ospreay, uh, who, IWGP uh, openweight champion? I mean, I hope I got that right. But they're going to put the title versus title uh, against each other at the G1 Supercard. So so actual matches here getting announced, which is very nice.
1: Yeah, I didn't see the Taven-Lethal match, but I, I heard it's all social media blow up about it, so uh, I, yeah. You know, I can't remember the last time, though. I I can't remember the last time I watched an hour match straight through. And that's not to say that I won't – I'm not saying that I won't like this, but I, that's it, – it, it's pretty amazing. It, it's getting to the amount of praise it is. I mean, if you can if you can work that kind of a time limit, again, in this day and age and this day and age, the tension span, and get the kind of praise, then must, there must, must have been something there. So and I'm excited to catch up.
0: You should check it out. I knew going into it it went to a one-hour draw, and I still really liked it because knowing it went to a one-hour draw – I was like, all right, let's see how they lay this out. You know, <laughs> I was like, how are you going to pace yourself here? And, that, you know, with all the characters you had involved, Lifeblood and, you know, the kingdom. And, you know, they got a little hardcore at points and slowed it down at other points. It was just a very well told, well, well, well told story. Very well put together match there. And also in the main event, PCO and Brody King, uh, your new ROH Tag Team Champions, they beat um, the Briscoes. For those belts uh, as for, I mean, and, and uh, yeah, I think, I don't think it's aired yet for ROH TV, but yeah, they're also the uh, villain enterprises, six man uh, ROH tag champions right now. PCO is, has got two titles in ROH in, in 2019. This is incredible. What a, what a time. And he's, gonna, life.
1: And, and he's, you know, he worked MSG in the nineties. He's going to work at MSG in 2019.
0: Yeah. You know, and the thing is they had the tag match close the show. Um, they, they did this angle where Matt Taven came out and demanded the match start in the middle of the show um for the ROH world title which was very different it was very cool how it came across but that put the, the tag titles uh in the main event and I think there's something to the idea that ROH did a tag team main event especially with all the noise the Bucks are making uh about how tag team wrestling should be in the main event I mean the Bucks showed up in AAA over the weekend as well defeated the Lucha Brothers uh for the AAA tag team titles Escalating that feud, it's gonna be. I, you know, it's kind of like the women. It's kind of like the women's revolution. I feel like we're getting into a tag team revolution here right now, where we're gonna see more tag team
1: main events. You literally need a scorecard to keep track of everybody who's showing up everywhere and who's winning what titles and taking them and cross promoting. And it's 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 insane. It's not. It's 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 great. It's insane.
0: At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome back to the Winkley, the founder, executive producer for MLW. You can find MLW's Fusion TV series every Saturday night, 9, 8 central on BN Sports with their next TV tapings taking place April 4th, Rise of the Renegades in New York City, Court Bauer. Court, welcome back.
2: Nick, good to be back with you.
0: Now, uh, we'll start right off. I was, you were here in Chicago. I saw you in passing at the MLW Intimidation Games uh, show, sold out. Um, you guys did a bigger crowd, sold-out crowd this time than last time. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, we technically sold out twice on Saturday. We sold out in the morning, and then we sold out. We made some room. Production kind of squeezed a little bit more so we can add some chairs in. And we sold out a second time a few hours later. So uh, really had a great Saturday in Chicago. Cicero Stadium is awesome. Uh, we went back-to-back sellouts sold out in November, sold out uh, in March, and we're going to go for the 3 Pete July 6th when we return uh, to Cicero Stadium. You know,
0: I know it was a good show because I brought my girlfriend with me who was pretending to be press at the press table. And... Ah,
2: that's who that was. Okay, I was like,
0: hmm, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, that was her in uh, press disguise, but she really liked the show a lot and was like, cool. we're, com- we're coming back July 6th, and I thought I would share nice. that with you because... Uh, you know, she's kind of, she's she's a muggle, right? She's not a mm-hmm. wrestling person. That's the sign of a good show, in my opinion. You know, you 100%. guys, you guys uh, have really resonated in that market and Cicero so well. Tell me the secret to the success. Why is this working so well for you guys there?
2: You know, uh, we, we do things a little differently at MLW because, you know, you can't fight for that diehard fan. There's some great product out there, some other organizations really playing to the diehard fan. Uh, so we have to find our sweet spot, and about 50 to 60 percent of our audience is Mexican Americans, first second generation Mexican American Spanish speaking Mexican Americans, and we have two sh- national TV shows: one in English on BN Sports, and then one in Espanol on BN in Espanol, and that one does very well in key markets, including Chicago. Hmm. Uh, of course, Comcast having some issues; uh, a lot of those uh, folks are watching it on uh, different uh, services. In the, the suburbs, uh, but we tracked really well. And then, of course, like 25, 30% of our audience is casual fans, and then 10, 20%, they're about 10 to 15% are the diehards. And that's the kind of the makeup of the MLW fan base. And Chicago is just, just the sweet spot for it. It really clicks really well for us in Chicago. So you know, we're very happy with the results. It seems like everything's just. Uh, Turned out great.
0: Uh, You guys are doing, you're selling so many tickets to turn away. Have you thought about trying to find a bigger venue here in Chicago?
2: We've been approached by other places. We love Cicero stadium. It's, it's got so much history to it. Jim Cornette actually mentioned when he was there that he thought that he had remembered uh, pro wrestling as far as back as maybe 60 years ago in the building. So he went off, probably do some research on that. We'll have some data on that soon, but uh, it's such a great throwback venue. It looks great on TV. Uh, I love turning away a crowd. Um, you know, I, I know there's other – I think uh, other buildings are a little bit bigger. But, uh, you know, 2200 squished into the Cicero Stadium is kind of a cool thing, you know. And, and so for right now, well, this is our home, and, and I love it. And uh, my, my hope and my goal is to run Chicago. Uh, we're going to run it July 6th. We're going to be back again in the fall. And uh, in 2019, I want to run a little bit more, but I also don't want to, You know, it's that fine line between running it too much and just enough. So, you know, we maybe we'll go to four shows in 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 2020. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I will push you to come to uh, Uptown. You know, the Aragon Riviera, great mm-hmm, venues. Mm-hmm. A little bit closer yes. for me it would be nice too. <laughs> um, well, at the show, you brought up Jim Cornette. He debuted New Color commentator. Uh, how yep. did that come together? Is Jim a permanent fixture? What, and how does this you know, shake up with Stryker, Schiavone, and, and Bikini?
2: Well, he, we're adding him to our, our bench. You know, we had Stryker, Schiavone, and Bikini, and we never did a three-man crew. We just would alternate based on uh, schedules and assignments. And so um, it worked out pretty good, Ted. And I wanted to always add depth. We're, we're expanding our programming. We're expanding our content. So it's important that we, you know, we have enough guys in the mix to do that. And Jim Cornette just brings so much credibility, He's so witty, and I really wanted a traditional play-by-play straight man to a color analyst with a, a heel leaning, and this was a really nice pairing. I really like Rich in this role. I really like Jim in this role, and of course, you know Tony's with us for the long haul, but he also has other prior commitments prior to even signing with MLW last year. So, sure. you know, we're we're balancing that, and you know, we we I talked to Tony earlier today, so. You never know what's going to work out with the schedule, but I always like to, you know, bulk up my bullpen. And with uh, Jim added, uh, it was great. We 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 talked. It was a very easy conversation with Jim. It really was. It was like maybe two phone calls, and it was a done deal. Huh. Uh, but I I go way back with Jim, and uh, it was it was great having him there. It was great having his presence backstage, uh, giving uh, input, advice, suggestions, and just kind of freestyling and collaborating with guys like MJF. Just seeing those two cackle kind of uh, uh, was unsettling, To seeing what the, they could conjure up together. But, uh, you know, I think he will definitely add cool. to uh, the operation overall. And okay. uh, he, was, he was with us in pre-tapes, did a great job. Uh, and uh, so more, more of Jim to come.
0: OK, because, I mean,
2: yeah, you're right. Jim
0: is more than just a commentator, right? He's a manager. Mm-hmm. He's a mind for the business. I mean, is he sitting in on talks with you guys backstage? Is he, you know, getting more involved or is he very content in that commentator role?
2: Uh, yeah, he was part of production meeting. He was uh, he had his own uh, team for pre-tapes on Sunday. He had an open invitation for a promo class, which ended up being a sold-out class. You know, it wasn't mandatory. Hey, if you want to come by Sunday morning and uh, and and uh, pick up a few things, uh, Jim Cornette was happy to to sit down and, and have that conversation. And he was it was a packed, sold-out room. We should have probably charged admission, uh, and it was great to see him. He really worked well with a lot of the young talent and. Uh, this is the guy that really developed and, and furthered uh, some key guys that to this day are drawing some of the biggest money in the business, whether it's John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton. The list goes on and on, uh, and he's done this for, for decades. And so here he has another wave of talent to work with. It helps me because I can't clone myself. I can't be doing all this stuff running the company. So when I have someone else to help with pre tapes in addition to my team, in addition to Alex Greenfield's team and Sean O'Hare's team, And Conan's pre tape team, now I really, really helps staff, uh, helps me staff up. And that's what we're doing in 2019. You got to grow, but you also got to grow your staff accordingly.
0: Yeah, it's great to hear, you know, this group of minds you've put together. You know, I'll I'll bring up, of course, you know, Bruce uh, Pritchard was one of those minds up until recently. And it was kind of like mysterious why Bruce left MLW. Is the cat out of the bag? Had he just received an offer? I heard he started in January or something like that. He started attending meetings and things
2: for WWE. Yeah, no, the timeline's wrong there okay uh, bruce rapped with us in september he had a it was one of those things very chill uh bruce and i still talk to his very day obviously with the podcast on mlw radio network but right. uh, just scheduling wise and everything it was just tough for for us and for him to make it work beyond war games in in fort lauderdale so I said, hey man you know it's all good cool uh let's keep in touch and uh onward and upward and so mm-hmm. you know his relationship with WWE started several months later. There was no weirdness there at all. And okay. I was one of the first to congratulate him and throw him a text when I heard. So, cool. uh, you know, Bruce, and WWE go together like peanut butter and jelly. It really, it's, it's the place for, for Bruce to be. He's just, you know, you hear the podcast, you get it. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, let's jump back here
0: to the Cicero show. I had a, another question I wanted to ask, um, about Teddy Hart. Now I, I <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but it did not look like Teddy was well. He, uh, he puked, I think a couple times uh, throughout, he had two matches on the show. Uh, how, yeah. was, how was Teddy, what was going on here with this guy?
2: Uh, yeah, he he, were, he wrestled two matches. No, I'm not going to give away spoilers, but in the second match, he was spitting up blood. And <laughs> uh, backstage after the show, he was spitting up blood. We, we asked if he wanted to go to the hospital. We encouraged him to be seen. And Teddy being Teddy, he, he took a different path. Uh, and seeing him the next day he was much better but sore and uh, you know Teddy I don't know if he bit his tongue or what happened there uh, but he uh, he he was in he was in a tough way by uh, match two and uh, you know but just he always will I've seen Teddy with broken bones and uh, walking into a match with a limp and then you wouldn't know it once the bell rings it's very rare he shows that side and he was you know in a, it was a tough he was in a tough place by the end of that <laughs> second match there's no doubt about it
0: dude and it's the thing is this guy looks like death not like you know not, i mean but he looked like he was in pain and still yeah. hits
2: the best moonsault in the business am i wrong Dude has a high threshold for pain, <laughs> a lot of pride. And, you know, if you ever hear Teddy Hart cut a promo, and they'll go on for a bit, but he will make sure you know that he's doing this for the fans. And he will not let the fans down. He drives me nuts, but he'll make sure he's doing what he's doing in, to the best of his ability so the fans never feel like he's phoned it in. And I don't think you'll ever see Teddy Hart phone it in. Uh, I wish he would have phoned it in and gone to the, the hospital, but no, he <laughs> insists on not going to the hospital.
0: Um... Yeah, that was wild. Now this show had a lot of it had a lot of crazy energy in the room, right? Because yes, like it, you know, people like this thing with Teddy was obvi- like pretty obvious. Like I said, and I was getting hit. I'm sitting at the press table. I've got people walking mm-hmm. over to me. Is Teddy hurt? I'm like, I don't know. It's wrestling. Who okay. cares? You know, I have no
2: idea what's going on right now. Um, looked hurt, but that's cool. But well, I'll say this for better or for worse. It's always great when you don't know. And it's like it's wrestling. Don't know. <laughs> I walked There's over. Time you know it and this is not
0: one of those times well but the suspension of disbelief was definitely there Mm -hmm. to the point and you know where i'm going with this like there was this riot that broke out (laughs) like you know it was uh what was it it was joseph it was uh fatu right yeah yeah and who was the third in the in the trio well well,
2: and the repack is simon gotch oh that's right it was gotch that's right and and this was basically you probably the first time you'll ever seen wrestling during uh a squash match a riot broke out uh, that's how much heat we got and that's kind of like a little bit of the dna of pro, of mlw's version of wrestling is old school and we bring the heat and that match by the end of it even though it was a squash oh my god we almost had a full on riot someone jumped uh right by Jim Cornette j- jumped the barricade yeah <laughs> and they're throwing beer they're throwing water it, you know the closest thing you probably could have had to it back in the day was when the old NWO heat when they would throw stuff into the ring. Not that I want that to be something we see on every MLW show. (laughs) Not that I anticipated that level of response, but I really did want heat on that and it worked perfectly.
0: Uh, yeah, I took a you know I took a twenty second video there when everything started flying. Yes, and, you did. It got it got out there. Uh, I, you know I don't typically do videos, but I was like, I think Court would, would like people to see what's going on right now. Um, oh yeah, I retweeted that. I know, I know you did. Um, it was just a very. Co- I had to hide my, I had to cover my laptop because I was like, <laughs> oh, you're you're about to get this beer, it's gonna smack right on into it. Anyway, uh, when you're sitting there watching this though. Are you like, oh my god, or are you like, oh my god, this is great?
2: Like, what, what's, what's your take? Oh, I would. If you saw me in Gorilla, I'm sitting there on the monitor with my headset on, and I'm seeing two pros that know how to get heat execute exactly the game plan that I had hoped for, and I'm watching uh, Joseph Samel. Uh, Mm -hmm. that is a repackaged formerly known as almighty chic yes uh i actually managed chic
0: for a while believe it or not in resistance pro
2: (laughs) and he, he he knows right where to bring it that fine line yeah. before it gets out of control. It was, it was a class, it really a real great pro at doing what a pro does. Yes. And a master of manipulating and getting that heat. He got it to the right level and didn't bring it up one iota more than it needed to go. It was perfect. And I was just watching him and I was praising him in the headset, even though he couldn't hear me, the ref could and I was thrilled with it. Yes. Uh, yeah, I did.
0: I did work with uh, Joseph Lowell there and uh, yeah, not afraid to go places to get heat. He's definitely an mm-hmm. uh, unabashed heel uh, when, when he needs to be. Um, the other, let's see here. The other thing I wanted to bring a couple things here from, from Cicero. Uh, I got the chance to sit down and like actually talk with a couple of the wrestlers before the show one-on-one. Uh, one of them was Phoenix and it was one of my favorite interviews of the day. Uh, he talked about how you guys have incorporated, uh, so much, so many luchadors and, and played to that. Um, you know, is that the plan moving forward? I know you guys also, you dabble in other you know, genres as well. But are you committed to, to pushing the luchadors on such a, a big level that you have up till this point?
2: Oh, a hundred percent. You know, we look for, uh, we are just t- talking to a company out of Mexico uh, called Generacion that LA Park works with. And we're always looking for the next wave of luchadors, the top luchadors, the legends like LA Park, the up and coming guys like Laredo, Kid and Taurus. Uh And, and, you know, again, 50, 60% of our audience, in most markets, not all markets, but in most markets, it's, it's Mexican-American, uh, Spanish-speaking, bilingual, sometimes uh, fans. So, you know, you've got to represent that in the product. Yeah. And again, you also have to balance it with different things. You know, we have a 10-year UFC veteran in Tom Waller. You know, we have guys like the Hart Foundation. So we have, you know, of course, guys like MJF. So we just have a little bit of everything. And I think that's always important to have a little bit of everything. So everyone's got something. Variety is important. I mean, whether it's super heavyweights like Ace Romero and Barrington Hughes or guys like Phoenix and Penta that can just go. Yeah. Uh, you know,
0: I, I bring up the, the styles because I'll roll over here and start talking a bit about uh, Rise of the Renegades, what you guys are doing uh, many a week in New York City. Um, you, you're doing a death match in the main event. You got Tom Lawler, not death match, street fight. You had a death match with with Mancer in, uh L.A. Park here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Havoc's about renowned for his renowned for his death matches. Uh, I also got to speak with Joey Janela recently, and he went on this like 10 minute tear about how he really thinks deathmatch wrestling can go mainstream I mean do you think that there is a place for this do you think do you agree that that style can gravitate over to a mainstream audience
2: I think there's a bigger audience for it you know it, it, I always like I always like context for what, what we're doing uh, when you see mance Warner versus Ellie Park on TV on VN in a few weeks there'll, there'll be context to it when you're doing a TV taping sometimes you don't get that I wouldn't do a death match without context. You know, it has to escalate to a point where, you uh, you, it's warranted to do the match. Uh, I think that's really important. It, it to just do it to throw it out because hey, he's a he's a hardcore guy. He's a hardcore guy. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think unless you're you're really the whole, the whole, you know, it's like the old IWA or the um, FMWs of the world in Japan. Where it, that was the whole experience, you know, these these deathmatch tournaments and, and stuff. And I hate to cut you, you know, off,
0: but, G, but that's, like, GCW's thing right now. Like, not their only thing. They obviously do other shows. But GCW does just straight deathmatch shows right now that are, that are doing well as well, you know?
2: Yeah, and so, like, to that point, yeah. So it's, like, if that's your thing... If that's your jam, then, yeah, then, then you know, I think it's it's shown in the past it works in Japan, like I said. I mean, I used to love watching the old FMW stuff, the Funk Masters of Wrestling with Terry Funk and Leatherface and Victor Keones and that whole fashion. You know, they're, they're, that stuff absolutely is always – there's always been a place and always been a version of it. You know, there's, there's territories that would just tend to do Texas death matches more than other places. so. Hopefully they were doing them in Texas sometimes even. But, uh, you know, it, I think there's – I think variety in wrestling and different promotions promoting different things is really good.
0: It's just a hard pill for me to swallow that deathmatch wrestling can go mainstream. I don't know. I just think there's a threshold for that in my opinion. But it's good as a – you, know, you know
2: what? The audience decides. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's it, that's the thing about wrestling is that you basically know in real time whether you're going in the right direction or if you're going in the wrong direction and then you can adjust or go like WCW and just keep going down that road. Yeah, I just
0: imagine, I, I don't know, it's like I think you've got Jim Cornette in the back there, and he's like, you're gonna do what now? Like, I don't know,
2: I mean... Well, again, yeah, but, you know, Jim Cornette, look at all the p- places he worked, like Mid-South and stuff, man, true. they did death matches, Jim Bowie, uh, a, it was called a Jim Bowie match, which was, I don't even remember what the hell that was, but they had all types of gimmick matches, but again, they there was a build to them, and there was a reason, and a, a, a purpose to getting to that point, an escalation, that then you could pay it out and make money with it, and and it was logical, and it's so for for context to me is key, you know. Yeah. And it's if your promotion is just we do things, and it's it's you know more on the it least towards the ultra extreme. There's a there's a fan base for it, and and it's like restaurants, you know. There's 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 even different types of Italian restaurants, different types of Asian restaurants. Everyone likes their thing. Sometimes they like it spicy. Sometimes they like it bland. Everyone has something different on the menu, and I think that's what we have right now in wrestling. There's so many options and so much variety that if you like one thing, cool, go rock that thing, go get it. There's, there's access to it. Within a few clicks, you can be watching it, buying a ticket to it.
0: was mm. tacos too spicy. Oh, it's got shards of light tube in it. Ooh, too spicy. Oh, my gums are burning. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, you know, it's funny this year, or not funny, interesting to me. You guys are rolling in Rise of the Renegades. Uh, great matches announced so far. Um, but you're not, are you, MLW's not doing Wale Mania this year to the best of my knowledge. Are you in, in any form?
2: Wale just announced on Twitter this morning.
0: Wait, What? What did he announce? There is Wally Mania this year. Come on, you're the
2: you're the reporter. Come on, you
0: tell me. Dude, I had okay. I don't want to. I don't want to blow smoke up my. But it's been a busy morning, course. I've I've been doing interviews all almost all morning. Um, but wait, what you (laughs) You're breaking the news to me here. So Wally Mania is going down. What's going on? What's happening?
2: Well, there'll be more on. Just check out Wally's Twitter. Uh, He'll have more on this soon um you know we're running april 4th and april 5th with mlw events and uh you know we're going to compliment wally mania in a a very special way so uh, that's all i can probably say now uh it's a breaking story but uh check out his twitter i guess is the way to go with it
0: okay wait i got his twitter open here um is this morning okay you don't need to Uh, okay i'll find it well, now I got. Well, now I have to go back to the website. Thanks for creating more work for me. Well, That's very cool. <laughs> I've I've always enjoyed the Wally Mania events. It's a great chance. All these unexpected people show up. I thought it would have been a, a real shame if did. Well, new question, new topic. Um, go for it. You got uh, Brian Pillman taking on MJF. Arguably, uh, a battle of the two youngest, fastest rising stars in the business. I think it's just a really interesting pairing. Uh, what kind of a story are you hoping these two guys get to tell?
2: Well, you know, you got MJF. And the Hart Foundation have had issues with MJF and vice versa, and MJF's right. called them a fraud. He considers himself a true dynasty-type oh, player. Dude, he, he so, talked about Stu Hart in hell at the Chicago yes, show. Did. Oh, Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, over the next few weeks of TV, you'll see on uh, MLW Fusion on Saturday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, and also on YouTube, every Sunday, new episode, 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Uh, MJF has, has been calling out the Hart Foundation, and uh, he recruited Richard Holiday to to be a part of his team. And uh, so we'll see where this goes. Things are, are going in a direction that it's going to be interesting. I mean, you have two 22-year-old prodigies basically yeah. banging heads on April 4th. Uh, two really talented guys. And uh, very similar in a lot of ways. But uh, yet I think the crowd seems to uh, go with Brian Pillman. And that's the thing about the Hart Foundation. A lot of people are like, oh, wait, they're heels, but they're booked like faces. They're babies, but they're booked like heels. They are the very rare, very rare instance of uh, the tweener. They are – they're cool heels. They're cool baby faces. They do some rule breaking. They do. They can get into that gray area. I hate the gray area usually in wrestling, but there's always an exception to the rule, and the Hart Foundation are that exception. They're the bad boys of MLW, and uh, you know, at first I think they were kind of heels, but man, I don't even know if they played the Canadian national anthem in New York City last July, and I think half the audience stood up and, and uh, honored them as they, they played the anthem. So uh, that should be a great match. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. They we announced it this morning; people went nuts for it, and uh, you know, it's it's to these guys. there's The reason why I signed both of them at such a young age, I really see unlimited potential in both of them. And uh, I'm curious to see how they, how they match up. Yeah, you
0: announced this this morning. Now who's doing their research court? Now who's prepping <laughs> prepping for the interview? Jesus. Um, now, MJF and uh, Lucha Brothers, uh, they're both mm. working with AW, right? I mean, how has that relationship been? Obviously, you have to, like,
2: talk to these people, I would think, to allow these things to happen, right? Well, actually, we know we signed Max or MJF and, and Brian... And other, you know, not Brian, but uh, the Lucha Brothers, we you know, we've, we've had these guys for a while. And um, so there's a mutual coolness there. There's not a problem, uh, you know, for us on our contracts. We don't we don't block anyone from working anywhere. We only have one company uh, that we prohibit them working for, uh, which is WWE okay. uh, for us. You know, I. It's important our guys get the reps. You know, our contracts are in the true spirit of independent contractor contracts. You're actually allowed to work other places, uh, and and by doing that, if they end up on national TV somewhere else, that's great exposure. Now people are more familiar with uh, with you elsewhere and also here, and so you get to be on two TV shows, nationally across the U.S. and into Canada. That's awesome. If it's three, great, go for it. It's important for our guys that, especially so much, so many of our guys are young they get their reps in. And the guys that are a little older, it's also the only way we can sign them sometimes is by giving them that option to be able to wrestle elsewhere. So that's important to me. Uh, I don't want to be that guy that says, nope, sorry, you can't do that. Nope. I want them to say, man, this is a cool place to work. They allow, you know, we can do something here and then do something totally different there. And, you know, for a guy like MJF, it's important that he's in different systems, learning different presentations and styles and, and having that opportunity. Uh, 22, you know, time is precious. He's got to get that in now. So, uh, you know, I'm very, I'm very interested to see where AEW goes. Uh, To me, my philosophy has been always, tide rises all ships. If you look at the '90s, ECW, WCW, and WWF were doing great business. Why did it go south? It wasn't the WWF running ECW and WCW business. WWF absolutely leveled up. WCW was cash and creative, and they went in the wrong direction. They had bad contracts, bad creative. With ECW, they started to escalate their business and started to sign their own guys to six-figure contracts. Come into issues with cash flow, get in between TV deals, and can't float the company. That's what put those companies out of business. But by for years, that wasn't an issue. 2000, ECW was doing some of the biggest houses, and they had none of the star power, but they were on fire still. So. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things where as long as your business is running at a, at a high level and clicking with your fan base, you're going to do fine. The fans will support it. There's a, the fans will go beyond just one product. And so to me, if AEW does well, if MLW does well, that's great for fans. It's great for the talent. It's great for everyone. And that's always been the case. You know, and I, I think they're, what they're doing is 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 important. And, and for every success story in wrestling, that helps – validate pro wrestling to a larger audience, to licensing people, to TV people, to potential investors, to the other folks out there looking to start going get into wrestling. It validates it. Uh, You don't want it to be a landscape where only one or two companies are successful. That does not indicate a healthy industry.
0: Now, I guess my my follow-up to that would be, you know, this works right now, right? They only have like two shows on the books, right? But it does sound like long-term they're going to try to maybe tour – Take up more of the time of these wrestlers. When this becomes a situation where your talent is, you know, weighing, which shows to take, I mean, how do you, uh, how are you concerned about, are you concerned about having to cross that bridge?
2: We have very healthy open lines of communication with them. Uh, and I, I don't anticipate it being an issue. Okay. Uh, you know, I've been on every side of these kind of things and for every company. And I think whenever you can find a way to work together uh, and and take the ego out of the equation, uh, you find that life is easier, business is better, and uh, it just – everything kind of jives better. And so it just kind of takes going through that process and always – the thing with wrestling that always – when things go south is when communication comes to a halt. If you have good communication, typically, and not just in wrestling, whether it's your boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, whenever, when you have good communication, things seem to be going great. When you don't have good communication, whether it's business, personal life, that's when things go sideways. That's always going to be how it is. So when you have good communication, I think you're going to be fine. Um, and there's going to be a give and take. And sometimes you have to go on giving. and Sometimes you have to be on taking with some of these business dynamics. So. You know, the biggest problem I think people have in wrestling is ego because, you know, hey, look, I'm trying to do big things. And you can't for a second take a step back to ask someone else through because then you're not doing the big thing in that moment. Well, then, you know, two minutes later, you're on to something else. So just get over it. Uh, And I think that's important to stay humble, but also be strategic and see the bigger picture
0: uh last question here uh as there is the shifting dynamics going on in pro wrestling right now wwe is freeing up some talent aka letting them go hideo Tommy, tjp ty dillinger have all been released they've said dean ambrose is on his way out i mean you see this stuff like we all do uh are you interested in any of this talent have you put any feelers out
2: well they're under 90 day uh some of them are under a 90 day windows where you really just got to wait for them to, to become free agents. Um, so, you know, I'm always looking at different talent. The other reality is also at this point, we've signed a lot of guys. We're committed to a lot of guys. And so there's only so many spots we have that are open. You never know if there's going to be an injury or something else like that. But right now it's like, you know, case by case basis, we look at different guys. There's definitely interest in some of the guys you mentioned, but we kind of had in a holding pattern. Because of their contracts and also because of where we are. Uh, but, you know, we're always trying to keep things fresh and, and find good matchups and what matches fans want to see. Uh, and, you know, I think right now it's a great time to beat talent because you're going to be wanted and you're going to have a lot of opportunities and a lot of places to possibly work.
0: Johnny Moxley versus Teddy Hart. I'm just saying, it's got a nice, like, ring to it, you know?
2: Oh, I'd like to see them just debate socioeconomics, let alone wrestle. It'd be amazing. <laughs> you know, those two guys are tremendous, and of course, that's a great match. I'm curious to see if he ends up going free agent and what happens there. You know, you hear different stories even this week. I'm so you don't think it's a done. Happens.
0: You don't think it's a done deal. You think there's a chance he stays?
2: I don't think anything's possible in wrestling. It's wrestling. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe so. You don't know. It's wrestling. That's what I love about wrestling. It mm. seemed like in the last three months, maybe four months. Wrestling kind of went from being in the right lane on the highway to the left lane. Inst- like overnight, things are changing, and it happens so quick, you don't know who's going where, what's happening, what they're doing. Are they aligned with this promotion? Are those is that promotion working? Is that promotion. Does Nick know if there's Wally Mania 5? We don't know. you got to keep up with this. I do. I do, by the way. I'll, I'll probably be there now. Uh, uh,
0: all right, Court, this is a great chat. I definitely want to get you back after WrestleMania to catch up with you. I always like talking the world of MLW. Uh, Rise of the Renegades, April 4th in New York City, uh, streaming on Fight? Is that right or no? Uh, nope. Uh,
2: MLW Rise of the Renegades is our TV taping on April 4th. Oh, that's April right. no, 5th. No streaming. Friday night, April 5th. Uh-huh. 5th. 8 p.m. Eastern, two-hour live network special for free. Friday mm-hmm. night, WrestleMania weekend, two-hour live special. We'll do the Battle Riot 40 wrestler match. No DQs. Elimination by pinfall submission or over-the-top winner gets a title shot. We're going to have surprises, legends, the whole MLW crew. You're going to want to see that match plus other matches. And Jim Cornette, live on commentary with Rich Bokini. Tune in, 8 p.m., April 5th, BM Sports. It's the Battle Riot.
0: At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a man who's going to be representing Team Lucha Underground as they take on Team Impact Wrestling at United We Stand, April 4th in Rahway, New Jersey. It is Daga. Daga, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today.
3: No, thank thank you, and uh, it's uh, always a pleasure being uh, in this kind of interviews
0: Oh, absolutely! I met you briefly at Warrior Wrestling, by the way. Uh, you were—I'm uh, friends with Tessa, and she introduced me to you at the table. So it's good to see. You. I didn't recognize you without the mask.
3: Oh, actually, yeah, I think it was Warriors of Wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that show was like like a really good show. But mm-hmm. tell me more. Tell me more.
0: <laughs> no, no, what? that was it. That was it. Just wanted to say hi again. Um, you're representing Lucha Underground against Impact Wrestling what do you think of impact wrestling overall as a company
3: man i just have like good things to say about impact wrestling like um since they one, I walk into this this company everyone there like treat me like really good treat me like 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 in the way like a, like a progress wrestler needs to be like treat you know like it's like like really good Um uh, and a dream for me, you know, when I'm when I started in Mexico, like 14 years ago, we we hear like a, a lot of things about uh try to make a career in the states. And Impact is a huge name they they're uh, in the states. So for me, it's like to me, it's like a pleasure to um, be able to put my 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 feet in that ring, you know?
0: No, absolutely, you know. And we'll, we'll get to Lucha Underground here in just a second, but. Um, let's just talk about lucha libre. You know, it is an explosion here in the past couple of years in the United States. What do you think of uh, the United States' renewed interest in, in lucha libre at this moment?
3: Oh man! Um, well, first, first of all, I think is because all my 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 friends from Mexico, like Penta, like Phoenix, mm-hmm. and obviously, uh, twenty years ago, twenty four years ago, it was like a bunch of good luchadors over there like doing like really good things. we have eddie we have mysterio we have psychosis we have juventud guerrera yeah then it's people that open the door to us now so so i think it's because um now uh people or crowd in wrestling is more open to all the styles you know and uh, you know the mask and all those things like make this like more attractive i think but it's, like, it's like, like a pleasure to me when I, when I go to the States and I perform to the, to the crowd there, like doing like my Lucha Libre things, also like mix it with a, a couple like mm, different styles. But for sure, it's like huge now. It's like a bunch of good talent here in Mexico. We have Bandido. We have a lot of people there, you know.
0: I know this might be a very simple question, but what is the difference between Lucha Libre and like the, um, the modern American wrestling style?
3: The modern, uh, I think the modern American style is the modern uh, world style. I think now wrestling is uh, wrestling or lucha libre, or, or we can use only the word wrestling. It's like a mix of all the styles around the world. I think and it's like like this evolution. It's, uh, it's like huge because that make you as a, as a wrestler like push yourself more and. Try to work like really, really hard to get in this level, right? But lucha libre is like not like so different uh, from the style now around the world. I, th- I thought I think it's, like, like, like a mix. Now we have like an American. If you go to America and you uh, go into a wrestling show, you can like watch like lucha libre moves uh, uh, and Puroresu from Japan moves, and also like. American old school and American new school style. So um, I think it's like not a difference. I think it's like a like a, um, a a new style all around the world. You think there's a
0: universal style of wrestling now? That because I've I've heard just sometimes when uh, American wrestlers uh, work with luchadors, it's just uh, the way that the uh, lucha libre matches are put together is is a little bit different than the way they're done in the United States.
3: Well, the the only thing like probably can be like a, like different now. Uh, it's because in Mexico, we always work like on the right side.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> See, if you are t- talking, uh, if we talk about technically, we used to work on our right side and American people work in the left side and probably we are like more like, like fast, like speed, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because most of our guys are like cruiserweights yeah. that I think that that is like, like a, uh, like the only different point, you know?
0: Sure. I'm just wondering, um, now you're going to be, uh, representing team Lucha underground here at United. We stand a uh, lot of questions. First of all, about the future of Lucha underground. Have you, have you heard anything about a season five or, or what do you think the status of Lucha underground is right now?
3: Well, um, uh, we finished season four, uh, in the past year like in 2018 we we finished a season four uh to be honest i don't i don't hear anything yet but i hope uh that uh that that uh, company came came back to do another season but uh yes i'm going i'm going to represent the uh the lucha underground team with my with my friends uh Drago, Iron Star, and Cuerno, yeah. and we're gonna face like the top guys on t- Impact. Then it's like a pleasure to me, like face uh, the champion Johnny Impact and like like top guys like Eddie Edwards. I faced Eddie the last time I faced Eddie Edwards was like I think eight years ago. So so it, that that happened in Mexico, And Moose, and Cage. It's gonna be like a very interesting match. I think it's gonna be huge for sure, but. I think it's gonna be interesting. This mix, you know.
0: I think it's gonna be very interesting. Do you think that uh, there should something should happen? I mean, if Team Lucha Underground defeats Team Impact Wrestling on Impact Wrestling's own show, I mean, do you think that you guys should get a reward, something, a prize, something like that? Something should change.
3: Man, if that happens, it's gonna be huge because, uh, for sure, I'm pretty sure they can they that we can do that for sure. Like. Uh, beat uh, Impact, I mean, we are like, we have like the advantage that we are like really fast and they are like big guys, Mm -hmm. so it's like good good points and bad points, but I mean, can be like huge if we go to um, Impact and beat the, uh, defeat the Impact team, can be huge, man, and also for, uh, to my friends, you know.
0: Uh, yeah, And you know, speaking of your friends, uh you recently most recently in Impact Wrestling, uh you were in a tag match against the Lucha Brothers down in Mexico City uh at the Impact Wrestling TV tapings. Can you take me back a little bit about to what that was like to get to wrestle the Lucha Brothers for Impact uh, down down in Mexico City, your backyard?
3: Man, that day was like good. Uh, face the Lucha Brothers always is like is like interesting because they are like They are so, so, so uh, good talking about wrestling and always it's like a challenge to face them. But uh, in in my corner, I have like LAX and Conan, so I feel comfortable and everything. But I think it doesn't matter if it was like in Mexico City. Uh, I know it's like, as we say in Mexico, it's our land, it's our backyard, but it was like a very interesting match, you know. Face the Lucha Brothers is like huge. Uh, I faced them here in Mexico a lot of times before. Actually, I ha- I be part of a of a team with them here uh, in Mexico too. So uh, I know them very good, and they know me like very very good. So every time I face them is like like interesting because we already know like the, like the weak like the weak points and the strong points to each other, you know
0: sure you know it's it's crazy the lucha brothers i mean they're becoming full-fledged rock stars you know they're you know top guys every promotion they're working for they're working for multiple different promotions as are you by the way you know lucha impact mlw i mean i know you're out there working a lot what do you think of the the kind of meteoric success of these guys uh to be able to work everywhere
3: well um Basically, they are my friends. One thing that a lot of people don't know is, like, we are, like, neighbors back in the days when we
2: started.
3: Uh, yeah, we started, like, 13 years ago, maybe. And we have matches since day one in the in the ring. I know them for, for a while. And, uh, actually, basically, I don't know, like, I think they deserve that because they are, like, really good. They are, like, people that like to work. Um and probably like most of, of, of the success they have, uh, it was like when Lucha Underground opened this door to the Lucha Libre again, you know. But after that, they take control of of the of their own careers, and then look at them; they are like to me, they are like the best tag team in the world right now.
0: Yeah, and they're you know that's why they're facing the Young Bucks at Double or Nothing, right? I mean, it's it's a very exciting time here. For pro wrestling, you know, I, I bring up AEW there. Uh, what do you think of uh, the launch of AEW? Have you had any talks with them about possibly joining the roster as well?
3: Uh, not really. Uh, to me, it was like uh, my, my my way into the into the states is it, it was like a little bit different because um, when they do like luchador, and I, I have a knee injury, so that take me like outside of the ring for. For a long time, mm. and and when I back in season two, I have a schedule like like very busy, so I only can do like six episodes, I think. Uh, but uh, I don't I don't have uh, any contact now with the AEW. Um, actually, like I'm be like inter like I'm working with Impact right now. Uh, a couple dates. I wish like in one point like can be like full time or something. Mm. I don't know like because past year uh, last year. At the end, uh, I be like working in Mexico. In Mexico, like uh, I have like like a good name, you know, that I made for years, yes. for forty years here. Uh, and last year, I I have the honor to go to Dragon Gate and spend like three months in Japan. So when I when I back here, uh, I'm starting to work with a MLW Impact. I worked for Low Underground before, and I'm, I mean, man, the only thing I want is like grown in the American market now, you know.
0: Well, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's the that's the goal is to to get over here and make it work. And here you are at Impact. You talk about your status. You've got a couple dates. You you talk about wanting to be full time. I mean, what what would you like to be doing in Impact? Do you see yourself as somebody in the you know world championship uh, contendership
3: position? For sure, man. I I'm, I think like I wish to go to Impact and show all the people because as a lucha there are people. Um, Thing. Like, I'm a high-flying guy, but also I can do high-flying and I can do, like, a lot of things. So I can face big guys. I can yeah. face, like, weights. So I don't know, man. Like, if uh, if I start to uh, have more, uh, like, dates on impact, for sure, I, 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 I want uh, an opportunity for a title. It doesn't matter if it's the exhibition or the heavyweight or the tag team. I don't know, man. Like, you know, the, I, I'm hungry right now. I'm hungry right now. And I, I want to to do everything there you know
0: are there any particular uh competitors on the impact roster that you'd like to to face off against
3: of course that is it's one match that i never uh been, never happens yet, like before and it's gonna happen like uh soon but in a intergender kind of match okay tacky but uh Johnny Impact and I always, we are talking about a one-on-one also with Brian Cage. Brian Cage and I, every time we see each other, it's like, when we want to have a one-on-one, you know, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, probably like, like a small guy to them, but also I I like to face like, like people like, they represent like a huge challenge, you know, so, so, so I mean, like, I don't know, man, like. (laughs) I just want to face like probably Johnny uh, Brian Cash can be like 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 a good thing, but also the X division is like really good. Rich Swan, I want I want to face Rich Swan in a in a one on one too. You know, and, and he's a champion right now. Yeah, man. Impact have like a like a really complete roster, and when I say complete, is because you can find any style there. You know, in the locker room. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm wonder about what what is going what's going to happen with me there, you know?
0: Yeah, you know, and uh, one of the guys I think that's really uh, you know been fighting a lot to to keep uh, you know uh, uh, lucha libre up front, you know, just Latin culture up front, in Impact Wrestling is Conan. Um, what's your relationship like with uh, K Dog? Uh, has he uh, imparted any wisdom onto you that you carry with you?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. K Dog is like uh, my friend since like I was like really young. Actually, he was the person then. Came to the indie shows to look at me like this uh, to look at me. That young guy with a, a lot of uh, dreams and fighting for an opportunity and things like that. And he he came to me one day. I remember that like it was like fourteen years ago okay. or something. And he talked to me and tell me like, "Hey, I, I want to. You come with me and came to Triple A and we're gonna do something big." And since that day, he's gonna. Uh, he's helping me he's uh carrying carry me you know things like that so so yeah i have a good relation with with kato so we are friends sometimes we have like a couple things you know but i think it's like natural when you have a friendship like a like a friendship you know
0: yeah that's that's awesome you know and uh, i guess i'll close by saying you know let cl- me finish where we started you know i started this by saying i, I met you via your girlfriend uh, uh tessa blanchard um you know How do you feel about seeing her doing the intergender stuff and and doing street fights with Taya Valkyrie? I mean, do you ever get worried, you know, seeing her in there in those positions?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course, of course. I feel like that, but also I think she's uh, the best in the world, you know. She's the best in the world, and and I'm so, like, I'm worried for sure, but I know, like, she can handle any style and... And also, as you say, like, we have, like, a couple t- intergender tag team matches uh, in the West Coast. Uh, and, uh, well, I'm talking as, as a wrestler, I respect her, like, a lot, you know? Like, she works, like, really, really hard. She's she's the best. She's the best uh, in the world. And if, if I'm talking, like, like an, in a different way, i always going to be, like, worried, you know? <laughs> but... <laughs> But it's okay. It's okay. This is this is wrestling. It's not a ballet. So, uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really like, I really enjoyed the the matches and and then she's involved. And of course, like, um, I'm the number one fan.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's crazy. I just realized uh, I was on the Women of Wrestling call earlier with Tessa, where she is the current uh, Women of Wrestling champion. Uh, so it's what a, what a. What a serendipitous day where I get to talk to both of you in the same like three hour period. I mean, what do you think of you know while I bring it up? What do you think of women in wrestling? The work she's been doing for a while.
3: Man, I, I think I think like a really good, really good show. You know, it's like a, a little bit different of uh, all the wrestling shows where, like, we are like we used to to watch on TV. You know, and to me, like I always believe in the women's revolution. You know, like since. uh since they won, even here in Mexico, I always think like it's like like woman like women's then then can be like be appreciated like like real athletes, you know. So so I'm 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 pretty like I, I like the show, man. I like the show, the color, the the purple, the pink, and also like good action there. It's it's like really, really good. Cool. Daga, I want to thank you so much for
0: the time. Again, he's going to be representing Team Lucha Underground when they take on Team Impact Wrestling. United, we stand April 4th in Rahway, New Jersey. Daga, is there anything you'd like to plug, promote, put over here uh, to, to wrap up the
3: interview? Well, um, uh, oh, don't forget that uh, I'm going to challenge this uh, Pentagon Jr. for a bowling match.
0: No, that's right.
3: <laughs> because he's the champion on Impact, but that can be my first uh, championship there, you know. But mm. no, like thank thank you for the interview and thank you uh, for for your time and uh, and well, uh, people can uh, uh, miss the April four Impact Show. It's gonna be huge and it's like something really, really for sure. Like it's gonna be like something really good.
0: Thank you very much to Justin for joining me at the top of the show for the news. Thank you, Court Bauer, for returning to the show to talk to me all about MLW and everything else in pro wrestling. Uh, really, really enjoyed that chat with Daga. I hope you guys dug it, too. Uh, tweet him a nice message about that one. I thought it was uh, just cool getting to, to pick his brain, somebody I didn't really think I'd ever get a chance to, uh, to talk to. Uh, I will be at C2E2 this Saturday. I'm going to be plugging this at the end of the show all week. Um, on Saturday at 2.45 p.m. CST, AEW is going to be doing a panel here in Chicago at C2E2. It'll be the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to be live streaming that via our Facebook page for Wrestling Inc. So so go check that out. Um, we'll also have highlights and everything. But very interesting uh, booth at C2E2. You got the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Marty Skrull, and CM Punk are all going to be at the Pro Wrestling Tees table. Um Worth noting that CM Punk will be sharing space with the uh, EVPs of uh, AEW there. Hmm?
2: Hmm? Hmm?
1: Hmm? 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 All right. Are you gonna ask him about
0: it? I'm gonna. Well, I already reached out to see if I could get uh, an interview, and I was explicitly told no interviews. But uh, I'm gonna go over and I'll be visiting the the booth. I'll try to get some shots. I can maybe eavesdrop a bit to see what's going on. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll bring back some report next week about what what that table was like
1: i got to ask you real quick. I meant to ask you this at the top of the show when we were talking about Raw last night. Was there any specific reaction that you could tell was definitely for him for Dr. Han in Chicago last night?
0: Nobody, uh, the only thing, uh, Amon treated Leo Rush, or treated, quote-unquote, they did a bit after Rush got destroyed, and then Amon came into the ring with some referees and we're looking at him. Nobody has, I don't think that there's much ill will towards Amon. I don't think people really even know what he looks like, a lot of people, so, mm. yeah. Uh, that's true,
1: that's probably true.
0: And it's weird, too, because I've actually talked to him since, like, the trial, and he's, like, a really nice guy. Like, I feel, I feel bad for everybody that got tangled up in that, because I genuinely, on, on some level, liked all three of those guys, Amon. Colton and, uh, and Punk there. Um, I will say that last night at Raw, um, when Travis Brown laid out um, that one security guy, that was my friend Robert Ego Anthony. He's a local independent guy. He got punched in the face by Travis Brown last night,
1: and hopefully he got extra extra money that which I usually do for extras. I give you extra money if you get physical. Hopefully he got a nice bump because Travis Brown murdered him.
0: Well, and Ego is interesting because he used to train in developmental and then he retired and now he's a teacher here and he's just a really nice nice guy. He wrestles on the weekends and stuff. But he's been used on TV it, uh, every Raw for the last two years. He was in the the Baron Corbin International Battle Royal last time. Just a big, you know, dude. St- I I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up back in the company, to be quite frank. So, anyway, that's my last scoop for the show. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here uh, before we wrap it up here today?
1: Uh, follow me on social media, at Justin LaVar. Always love to hear how you guys are uh, consuming this podcast. What are you doing? Take us pictures. Send us tweets. Let us know. And uh, make sure you join me. New York City. Uh, I'll be in Mania. I'll be there all week for Mania. And uh, of course, before WrestleMania at MetLife Stadium, we'll be doing the tailgate um, right outside. 55 bucks to register your spot. All you can eat. All you can drink. I mean, like 55 bucks That's like one round of food and drinks inside of MetLife. So come out. Come out. Spend a few hours with us. Enjoy it. Be a lot of fun. Um, to register and reserve your spot go to tailgatejoe.com
0: and uh, yes I am uh, Nick Hausman at Wink Rebel over on Twitter give me a follow I'll be live tweeting uh, Smackdown Live tonight as Kofi Kingston has to run the gauntlet to try to win his spot at Wrestlemania earn his spot I should say at Wrestlemania thank you guys for tuning in uh, tomorrow on the show we are going to have uh, Tony Schiavone on and we will also have uh, Loki from MLW I recorded that interview at MLW's intimidation game so gonna be a really big fun show tomorrow as well thank you all for tuning in and remember if you winked you didn't miss it